Hi, Linda Phils here. Welcome to my show where I will be sharing with you the strangest secrets to spiritual and professional success and productivity. Now, here's why you want to listen. I'm a preacher's daughter who went from wearing hand-me-downs to giving people a hand up in life and in business. As a woman, a wife, a mom, and a glass ceiling smasher, business owner, dream resurrector, and coffee aficionado, I love working with men and women like you, from the boardroom to the classroom. I've met with adversity, met with success, and overcome a few obstacles along the way. I've learned the strangest secrets of how to succeed as one who is a spiritual professional, empowering anyone who wants to fulfill their calling in life. I'm here each week to share the strangest secrets to success with you. So let's get started. I am delighted beyond measure to be interviewing today Robin Jones Gunn. Robin, welcome to our podcast. Hello, Linda. Thanks for having me. It is my pleasure. You know, I've heard so much about you and I have seen your books everywhere. And it's such a delight that we were able to speak on the same program this weekend in the beautiful island of Maui. Yes. (laughs) And I got to hear uh, even more about your story. And it was just uh, thrilling to know that we would have some time today to just sit one-on-one over some coffee and talk about how the Lord's working in your life. And I just want to start by thanking you for being faithful with your gifts over the years. And uh, I want to ask you to talk about that. I heard you mention how you started this whole writing thing. Would you just open up by sharing that story with our listeners? I would love to because it's such a God story. It had nothing to do with me pretty much. I never set out to be a writer. I actually had always been a storyteller, but sometimes I got in trouble for being a storyteller because they called it lying. (laughs) I would be, as a child, embellishing a little too much. And so I thought that wasn't a good thing. Yes. I saw this in print. I'm going to ask you about it. In first grade, your teacher said, Robin has not yet grasped her basic math skills, but she does keep the entire class entertained at red time with her story. It's that true. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. So I was always telling stories, but there wasn't any time or any person during those growing up years that said, that's a gift. That's something you can turn into a craft or you can really develop that. So I just thought it was something natural and didn't pay much attention, went through high school and college, and I got good grades on papers that I wrote, but I still didn't see it as something that could be developed. One of the reasons was because I really wanted to be a missionary. I'd given my life to Christ when I was 12, and I just thought the best way I could serve the Lord would be to go to foreign lands and tell people about God's love and go places where They'd never heard about Jesus. So during high school, I went on missions trips. In college, I worked for different mission organizations. And then I applied to go full time, and I kept getting turned down. The one that I applied to that hurt the most was to be a laundry supervisor in Nairobi, Kenya. And I couldn't even wash clothes for Jesus in Africa. So what can I do? And I remember going to the Sunday school class that I was teaching for some junior high girls, and I told them, well, I'm not going to go to Africa after all. They turned me down. And the girls said, well, we're glad. We were talking about it. 
we think you should stay here and tell us stories because we love it when you tell us stories about women in the Bible and just make up stories. And I just, I thought, that's, you don't understand. I want to serve the Lord. How can I serve <laughs> God telling stories? Right. It wasn't until I was married for about five years and my husband was the one who noticed there was something there that God was redeeming and using and the storytelling was growing into something that really honored him. So he signed me up to go to a writer's conference. I was so mad. Ah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't be with editors and publishers. But at that conference, I learned the basics. Right. And I started taking classes and I started reading books. I wrote a devotion that was accepted, and I was paid ten dollars. Did you the check? <laughs> I spent the check. My husband was a oh. youth pastor. We were so poor. Are you kidding? Ten dollars. Okay. <laughs> that was a lot. But then, God just turned everything around. When, um, as I said, my husband was a youth pastor, and we were on a camping trip mm -hmm. with a bunch of junior high and high school students in California, and these girls. 13 years old, were in their tents all day long reading romance novels. Really? And I did not want them putting in their young hearts the stories. They had a stack of 30 books they'd brought from the public library, checked out with their library card, 13 years old, this is what we're going to read on our camping trip. So I took away some of the books that I knew were just way too evocative for them. And they challenged me and said, why don't you write books for us? You're always telling stories. We'll even tell you what to write. So I started. They wanted a love story. They wanted it to be about teenagers. They wanted it to honor God. They really did. Mm -hmm. So I wrote the first Christy Miller book with the help of those girls. Every week I'd read to them in Sunday school class and they'd tell me everything I did wrong and everything I had changed. It took two years. Right. There were 10 publishers that rejected it, but then it was picked up by Focus on the Family Publishing and the first book resulted right away in a letter from a girl who said she'd given her life to Christ after reading it and they wanted more books and I got more letters and more letters and over the many, many years I've received thousands of letters from girls who've come to know the Lord as a result of these books. So I became a missionary, Linda. I'm not going around the world, but the, the stories are. And I'm going to also point out, you don't have your hair in a bun either. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. But that, that desire that the Lord put in my heart to, to go to unreached people groups, well, mm -hmm. it just happened to be the teenage girls yes, that I were the group. That. Robin, let me ask you this. You mm -hmm. said you had 10 rejections. Yes. 10. So what in you kept you going after rejection four and five and six and seven so that you did not give up? Tell us about that. I almost gave up more than once, but I remember distinctly reading a verse in Jeremiah 20, verse 9, I think it is. And I wrote it on a three by five card and put it in the windowsill. We didn't have a dishwasher, so I was always washing dishes with two children at home and a youth pastor husband and students over all the time. And this verse just went deep in my heart and it says, but if I say I will not mention him or speak anymore in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. And when I read that verse, it just, came so strongly upon me that these stories I was writing for teenage girls were really, I just couldn't shut up. I couldn't stop. 
I couldn't not do everything I could to give them mm -hmm. role models mm -hmm. of Christian teenagers through novels. And it was, it really was a fire shut up in my bones. That That's was so the motivation. Wonderful. I love how you made the index mm -hmm. card with your scripture and kept it yes. visible. That's such an important part of articulating our vision and becoming a voice and it does always require contending, I find. Uh, it does mm. require going through, stepping through those rejections to get to that acceptance. Uh, so I'm so proud of you for sticking it out. Thank you <laughs> on behalf of many encouraged feminine hearts in the world. I'm sure men read your books too. Do they admit it or do you know? I have received mail from some teenage guys that read it because they like the, the guy characters sure. in the books. When our son was 13 and 14, we made him read the first book so he'd understand how girls think, and he just kept reading. So I thought that was That's pretty great. good. <laughs> yeah, kept reading the whole series. That's great. Well, I know you've had a large measure of success, and I want to talk about that a little bit, but I would like to uh, back up just a minute to something very important I've just heard you say, and that is that you had your heart set on becoming a missionary, mm -hmm. and that looked a certain way to you. And so that... Yeah. Uh, as a picture so many of us have of whatever we're called to, we think it's going to look like A. And we spend so much time and energy trying to go that direction towards that fork right. in the road, not realizing that God is, is gingerly, gently ushering us on a path of fulfillment, although it looks totally different. So you said you did end up being a missionary through your writing. Uh, talk to us about uh, when you first realized that and uh, what that means to you to say, hey, I'm a missionary with my stories. Well, you know, I had applied to be a laundry supervisor in Kenya. <laughs> yes. And when I told the girls that I was teaching in my Sunday school class about that, I, I, I made it, I embellished. I made it this great story. When they said, why would you want to go to Africa and wash clothes? And I said, you don't understand, I'm going to get a big basket, I'm going to put it on my head, I'll go down to the river, all the women of the village will be there, baby elephants in the water, their baby children, you know, their, their children will be on blankets and we'll wash those clothes together. And it's just how my mind worked. Well, fast forward maybe 20 years and I've written maybe 40 books by then and so I was invited to speak in England at a writer's conference, right. and I was sitting at lunch, and the woman next to me, her name tag said Wambora, and I said, where are you from? And she said, I'm from Nairobi, Kenya. I said, you know, when I was your age, I thought I was supposed to be a laundry supervisor. And she said, oh, no, 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 I read your books when I was a teenager. You did not have to come to Africa to wash our laundry. You sent your stories, and they've washed our hearts. And that was the moment I knew. It was Beautiful. God's plan. It was bigger. So Wambora and I have stayed friends for all these many years. Mm -hmm. And when I went to Africa seven years ago, eight years ago, um, Wambora set it up so that she wanted, she told me she wanted to participate in God's will for her life. So when I went there, after I spoke at this conference, I was to come to her house and she would let me wash her laundry. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I walked in her apartment. She had a big basket. Yes. I put it on my head. It was so, we had such a fun time. But then the next day we were driving mm -hmm. and we were on our way to Mount Kenya. 
and there was a bridge we crossed and I said, stop the car because there at the riverside was a um, clutch of maybe five women from the village and they were washing their clothes were in the river. Elephants? There were no elephants, okay. no baby elephants, but I, I, I just couldn't believe it. this is exactly what I saw in my imagination Beautiful. all those all those years earlier. And Wambora said, you need to get out of the car. I said, what do I do? She said, she speaks English. Just be polite. Introduce yourself. You need to go and wash some laundry in Africa. Yes, yes. So I got out of the car. I introduced myself. I started crying. I said, I cannot explain it, but it has long been in my heart to wash clothes in Africa. And she just pointed at her bucket. <laughs> okay. And I started washing this she had a blue sweater yeah and then I had bubbles all over my hands and I stood up and I thanked her and I said God bless you and I started to walk back to the car and the woman called out after me I will see you in heaven oh and when I got back to the car Wambura and I drove off and Wambura after a few minutes said so that was not your bucket was it and then I knew that there are so many women that spend their whole life seeking the wrong bucket. They think, that's I'm only going to please God. I'm only going to become all I can be if, if I'm at the river washing clothes with the baby elephants. You know, that's what I'm supposed to be about. And God's, God puts these little dreams and, and plants these seeds in our heart. But then his plan is so much bigger. And that, very long answer, but it's a whole picture for women to see what is it that you're seeking? Is it the right bucket? Yes. And you know what I love about what you're describing? It's a beautiful portrait in a real life, mm -hmm. your life, of what happens when men or women are called to develop their own voice in the world. And when I say voice, yes. it could be writing, it could be speaking, or it could be performing a craft or a skill of any kind. But when I say voice, I mean using your own unique DNA and purpose to express the things God has put within you. And I feel, Robin, that we have so many people who want to do that and get a certain idea of what it looks like, but then they actually only become an echo in a no noisy world because they're parroting or imitating yes. or mimicking what yes. someone else did. And they've missed that secret of developing their voice. And I think that only comes by the, the type of journey you've described where people follow after the Lord in partnership and let Him keep redirecting us point by point, step by mm -hmm. step, as you did when your husband sent you off to the writing conference <laughs> And as the teenagers ask you to write, and uh, we look back, and God is so good to oh, put yeah. those paver steps right out in front of us, ushering us right into our destiny. And isn't this just better than anything you could have ever dreamed, the way God has led you to where you are today? It is, because, Linda, I'm so grateful for your voice. And you we haven't known each other long, but you've already spoken such encouragement to me and challenging me with just doing what you love to do. And your voice is so clear because you know what it is, and you just use that voice. So what I would have missed if you were trying to mimic someone else's message or to be trying to um, adjust to what you think that you need to do to fit in with whatever system or culture, but I see that in your life, and I admire it deeply because I feel like that's 
the role model that I need, that other women need, to clear away all the chaos and just listen to the Lord's voice. Yes, <laughs> just him. <laughs> and then when you know, okay, this is how he created me. This is my unique set of gifts and abilities. Then this is this is what I can do. And I don't have to worry about mimicking anybody else. Well, I love that you're doing this with your life, Robin. And I think that uh, the people of uh, who have been through some success in their careers are feeling some urgency now. A lot of people I talk to are feeling mm. some urgency to leverage their what they have to offer and make it available to those coming behind. I think people have a shorter time to learn things now. The world has changed so much. The yes. way communication occurs has changed so much. And things are happening uh, on a pretty rapid uh timeline I would say where the where we need voices out quickly yes and so I love that you have have walked this out and are making your lessons available in this podcast today I have a question so glad you joined us for the Linda Field show today we know that you are busy and that your time is important to help you accomplish more of the things that matter in work and life Linda has created the Prayer Plan Your Life Productivity System. This valuable system guides you to minimize the noise that threatens your progress and make the highest and best use of your time. Come on over to lindafields.org ppyl to order Prayer Plan Your Life today. Get it done today. Make it matter tomorrow. See you over at lindafields.org ppyl.